All right, guys, welcome back to the Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, stepping into Dave Dubois as he's working on the next big thing. Today on the show, I've got Amanda Pope, and she's going to let us in on how you can do the perfect burr and have a newborn baby. That's a lot to handle. Both of them are kind of like giving birth in a particular different way. I'm sure uh, Amanda has a different story. One is probably easier than the other. How, how are you doing today, Amanda? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem. I mean, wow. To to pull off, to, not only to pull off a perfect burr, because those are, you know, few and far between, because you're zooming in from Calgary. Is that where you're, you're based out of now? Yeah. So Canadian real estate and pulling off a burr, especially in a major city is not, um, it's probably easier to have a kid than to pull that off these days. So how did you, uh, you know, the main question we always like to start with here is, how did you get started and ultimately addicted to real estate? Um, so my first taste of real estate was actually when I was in high school. My parents owned um, a nine-unit apartment building in Edmonton. Um, so I was responsible for doing cleaning every weekend. I'd pick up the rent checks and things like that. So that was kind of like my first taste. Um, and then when I moved to Calgary, I bought a home in uh, 2013, uh, put in a basement suite, so I had tenants in the basement and then I also had a roommate living with me upstairs. So um, that was covering my bills and then some. So I kind of thought, well, oh, this is great. I should probably get a few more properties. Um, but then I took a little bit of a break and then continued on on the path. So um, in terms of the burr, did you want me to dive well, right into that? Let's, uh, what was interesting is let's back it up a little bit more to the very mm. your first touch to real estate there. You're how old are you in collecting rent checks? Um, probably 16, 17. Like where's the rent in a 16 year old girl? There was, there was a drop box at that okay, time. So you just had yeah. to go and like pick it up from the thing, but still that's, yeah. so they had you involved in, in their uh, real estate. Was that the only real estate that they owned? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one and done for them. Um, my dad probably wasn't much of an educated landlord. So just seeing where improvements could have been made, um, kind of made me want to get started on my own. Yeah. So the real estate's been kind of revolving and, and surrounding. Now um, you were house hacking and in mm. your in the, in the podcast research form, you had mentioned that maybe that basement suite wasn't so much up to code. And then eventually you had moved it up to code when you moved out or when you were still living there. Like what, what had you, because some people, they just rent out basement suites and it is what it is, but what had you um, you know, having to legalize that suite and, and make it, uh, you know, up to code. Hmm. Uh, so it had bedrooms, um, egress windows and a bathroom in the basement. Um, there's shared laundry. There was no kitchen. So I did have to put the kitchen in. Um, actually one of the windows I did have to enlarge as well. Um, and that was pretty much it. I did not legalize it at that time. That is one of the reasons why I sold the property. Um, I wasn't really educated in the fact that you could apply for rezoning to legalize the suite. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just left it as is, sold it and said, we'll move on to something else, um, where it is zoned for a basement suite. So that's what I did after that. Okay. So then fast forward, um, your partner, you guys end up having a uh a child i mean that's pretty obvious how that that particular thing <laughs> happens but how did you end up doing uh your this burr that you're that you that you're most proud of right now how did it line up at the same time because you know a lot of people when they go down the road of having children 
they kind of like do one or the other. Why, why both? And, and how did you remain successful in that? Question. I honestly don't know how it aligned at the same time, just luck of the draw. Um, we were looking for a property either to flip or burn for probably um, just short of a year. Um, this property just happened to come across from a wholesaler and it was too good of a deal to pass up on. Mm -hmm. And then possession day just happened to fall. What were we 14 days after my due date or after he was born, I guess. So, um, it was pretty crazy getting started. Um, my partner took pat leave for five weeks and then pretty much spent all of the time over the project working on renovations for the burr. So that you guys uh, did it um, by hand. He, he went in there and. Put yeah, so to the nails. Yeah, exactly. So we did get a get a really good deal on the property. Um, and then my partner, this was also a JV as well. So my partner and then our other partner um worked on the renovations themselves. So that's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why this project was so successful, is we did save a lot of money um on the renovation side. That was the plan. They wanted to do it themselves, um, just to get more experience overall. Um, we would never do it that way again especially yeah. with a newborn would not recommend um but would i wouldn't no, no would not recommend um i don't regret it i don't think either of us do um it was a great experience but it was very very difficult so would not do it again for sure <laughs> yeah the the swinging of the hammer um you know just getting in there and doing it you do learn a lot and it's mm -hmm. important i think that everybody I mean, you don't have to go down that road, but I think everybody should consider at least participating in their projects. I know a guy who just does one thing on each project. He'll go in and maybe do the flooring here or maybe do the bathroom here just to, you know, make sure that it's going, you know, you're on site all the time, but also that you learn what, what to, is expected, you know, now definitely I'm sure you guys know what it's expected of the next person to take it over. So mm -hmm. um, we talk a little bit offline about, I guess you've been a landlord now for uh, for how many years? Uh, since 2013, I guess was kind of my first taste of being a landlord. Right, because you've got the uh, the the basement suite thing and and the yeah. rented thing. So, um, you had mentioned that right now you're you've you've got some rentals and you're at I think it was six doors. Uh we're at five units. Five units, and how many yeah. doors total in the portfolio right now? Uh, it'll be five. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Some of them, yeah. uh, some people are like, oh, I've got five doors, but it's like 10 units or something. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So at what pace um, did you acquire those five doors? Um, Within the last five years, it would have been. So about one a year. And has, yeah. that, has that been self-financed so far? Uh, just this most recent Burr was was a JV. Um, mm -hmm. So that was initially my kind of roadblock after buying the first property. I just, I wasn't educated. I didn't know how you could get enough money for another down payment. Um, and then I found out about JVs. So that really opened up my eyes to to how we can get things rolling a little bit quicker and pick up more properties. Okay. And so um, who who was it that opened your eyes to the joint venture? I think it, it mentioned something about a mentorship program that you joined or something like that. Yeah. So I joined a year um, real estate mentorship program. Uh, May of last year. Um, and then my partner, Sean, he was able to to come on board. He wasn't really too interested in real estate at the time, um, but he joined me with the mentorship and then really got addicted to it as well. 
Um, and then that's where we learned about JVs. We also went to Rabbit Cash, Barry Maguire's. Um, so that was really, really motivating and eye-opening as well. So you're now you're now you're addicted to kind of two things. I like to call the the <laughs> education circuit and the real estate thing because it does kind of end up being together. I mean, there's lots on YouTube and things like that, but I think there's a lot of power in like events and going to things and you know streamlined training. So you had mentioned that you're also working on a little bit of a project there. I am, yes. Um, so I'm on mat leave right now. And even though I'm very busy with the baby, I do get bored quite easily. I like to keep things things going at all times. So I am working on um, a landlord education course. Um, I'm going to have different topics released at different um, timeframes. So I'm hoping to have the first one done in January sometime. Okay. And so if people... Um... You know, if people are wondering what's what's in the box, what do you hope to deliver with that sort of program? Um, so very specific, kind of step by step. Um, so I know when I was initially a, a landlord, I was kind of looking for resources for education, and there wasn't really a lot that I could find um, that was specific for um, Canada or even just a Calgary or Alberta. Um, so really specific marketing uh, your rental property, uh, probably do something going through the RTA for Alberta here as well. Um, tenant screening, super, super important. Um, so I do have some good um, policies and procedures that I, I follow now that have worked really well for me. Um, so kind of things like that. Yeah, it's, I think it's one of those things that's, it's either you learn through the School of Hard Knocks and you have to go to in Manitoba, it's the uh, RTB, so Residential Tenancy Branch, but you have the Alberta, I guess it's the Alberta Tenancies Branch. But you can either learn the hard way or you can learn the fast way. Like learn, most people choose property management ultimately so that they don't have to attend those. But with cash flow kind of re being reduced with the interest rates, people are starting to have to self-manage. Um, Are you seeing more of the your community there in Alberta starting to self-manage? Most investors I know do self-manage, um, especially with interest rates the way they are right now. Cash flow is really, really hard to find. So um, I, yeah, I really just want to be able to empower landlords just to have the confidence to, to manage the properties themselves. It can still be and often is a lot of work and you are going to hit situations that are really tough to deal with, but it is just part of the game. Um, and being educated just helps you deal with it a little bit better. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that for a second. Do you have any war stories that that maybe people should uh, that you can warn them? One one good story and how to avoid that on being a landlord out there. Uh, oh, God, there's there's a few. I haven't had a lot, but I've had a couple. Um, I would say probably the biggest thing that I see um rookie landlords the mistake that they make is allowing um tenants leases to go month to month oh yeah i did yeah. that i had i had a tenant that was pretty good clean paid rent on time um allowed the lease to go month to month and then they became a headache um it was get kind of gray when it goes month to month it's like you could leave yeah. anytime i can kick you out anytime but neither of us are doing that so why don't we just get a lease in place? So renewing that lease is something you're saying is important. Very, very important. Yeah. Once you go month to month, you're really giving the tenant all the power of your property. It is very hard to get them out, especially if they're not, you know, following all your policies as the way you would like. Mm -hmm. So um, here we are in 2023. It's October 20th for the uh, the timestamp of the podcast here. 
what does the next three years look like for for your business? Uh, for the next three years, we are hoping to probably pick up at least five more rental properties. Um, we would like to get a couple of fix and flips under our belt as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for our buy and holds, we do like the burr method. So we'll probably stick with that. Um, again, it's just really going to depend what kind of deals come across the table and what they're really going to work for. If we can do a burr, or if we decide that we want to flip the property instead. So looking forward to that. And so I guess then you're going to have to start bringing on, uh, some more joint ventures and some more partners to, to grow that. Cause once you get to a certain point, there's either the bank cuts you off or your personal finance cut you off. So What's your guys' plan moving forward with as far as, you know, getting some more joint venture partners, things of that nature? Uh, Yeah, so for joint venture partners, um, really networking is key. Um, We've met so many investors um, through the mentorship program that we had joined. Um, In the beginning, I was terrified. I'm like, how can I ask? anyone to invest with me? What do I know? Um, So it is like a little bit of imposter syndrome. um, But once you network, you just meet so many people that are just like you that want to partner up. And it does become really, really easy. Mm -hmm. So uh, question I love to ask is, what advice would you have for someone who's thinking about getting started in real estate? I would say definitely educate yourself, but don't get stuck on the education. It's really, really easy to do that. Um, just learn enough, um, get your first deal under your belt. Cause you're going to learn so much more by doing than sitting and reading books and listening to podcasts. They are great, but you can easily get stuck in that education rut and then not move forward. Yeah. Stuck in the simulation. It's time to take it to the mm-hmm. real world and see what tenants are actually like. Now there's good tenants out there. I'm not saying oh, that sure. they're all bad, but <laughs> you know, take it out of the simulator and you'll find things that you never expected. So if people want to, uh, you know, they want to reach out to you, Amanda, how do they get in touch with you? What's the best way to find Amanda Pope online? Uh, so Instagram, my handle is amanda.m.pope or email will be amp, A-M-P, bass, B-A-S-S, rentals at gmail.com. Okay, awesome. Well, you know, they say time flies when you're having fun. And I really appreciate you being on the show here. And uh Until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks so much.